Hello, everybody. Josh Brown here, back for another great episode on Franchise Euphoria. Well, today's episode is brought to you by IndieFranchiseLaw.com, a leading resource in the franchise space to help you if you're considering buying a franchise, turning your business into a franchise, or growing your business through a licensing or franchise structure. So go on, check it out, IndieFranchiseLaw.com. I think you'll find a lot of valuable and free information as you continue to kind of weigh franchising and licensing and the growth of your business. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thrilled to have on Kevin Shu on today's episode of Franchise Euphoria. Kevin is the CMO and co-founder of Pokeworks and is an innovative leader with years of sales and marketing experience. Kevin oversees the marketing activities and social media innovation of Pokeworks. In 2016, Pokeworks introduced the sushi burrito to the world through a viral video and establishing the brand as pioneers in the industry and sparking a social media phenomenon with Shu heading up the brand's digital presence. Prior to Pokeworks, Kevin served as VP of Sales and Marketing for Technology Firms for over 10 plus years. You can see a, um, a link, click on a link of the uh, viral video at franchiseeuphoria.com. Just click on this episode, you'll be able to go right to it. Really enjoyed this conversation uh, with Kevin as the uh, Pokeworks uh, franchise started or the first location started in 2015. Now they've got approximately 50 locations and they've got over a hundred in the work. So they've experienced some, some really fast growth. And, uh, he's one of nine co-founders. That's right. Nine co-founders. So we talk about that a little bit and we talk about how they've kind of grown in the fast casual space. So hope you enjoy this interview with Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Welcome to franchise euphoria. How you doing? Hey, Josh. Hey, I'm excited to I'm excited to have you on to talk about Pokeworks, which is a cool concept that I want you to um, kind of dive into uh, and explain. We were talking a little bit offline, and I, I think I said to you, you know, I asked if you were uh, one of the co-founders, and you said I'm one of nine co-founders. So I think that's a <laughs> that's a great jumping off point because you don't hear that every day. Yeah, it's it's definitely rare that we <clears throat> hear more of a startup story, kind of start off with so many people kind of coming in into it, but um, it's definitely worked very well so far. So what is the concept? T- tell tell everybody what the concept is, what you guys do, what you focus on, and then we'll dive into how it got started. Yeah, so um, Pokeworks, so we are a more of a Hawaiian-inspired uh, cuisine. Um, you know, if if you're not familiar with poke, Poke is essentially more of a uh, sort of a salad that's uh, sort of diced protein, more traditionally more raw fish protein. And it's mixed with different um, ingredients that are fresh ingredients like um, vegetables, fruits, and um, and different marinades such as sesame oil based, soy based, etc. So for Pokeworks, we actually take in that cuisine to be able to elevate it to something that's a little bit more conducive to more of how people, you know, starting to becoming more creative, more build your own concept. So we, we have our own called Poke Your Way. And essentially, once you step into Pokeworks, you're able to really uh, build your own Poke creation. And uh, within there, it, you start out with a base, whether it be sushi rice, 
um, salad or even what we call a poke burrito, which I can go into a little bit later. Uh, but then from there, you get to pick your protein, your different um, vegetable mix, your different um, fruits, but then also the different flavors that we have, uh, mix uh, toppings, and then different crunch. And really, at the end of the day, you have a very sort of savory, healthy, uh, sustainable bowl to be able to walk away with. So it's kind of like Chipotle, but with poke. <laughs> That's the most simplest way to describe it, yeah, instead of me describing a long-winded version. No, I like the way you described it because it kind of gives folks a picture of it. I mean, that's what I love about, you know, with with a podcast, obviously it's audio, but I love when when somebody can describe sort of what it looks like. And the way you described it, it sort of feels like you walk in, you kind of go through a line and you and, and you pick you pick mm-hmm. your ingredients. You guys either put it into a bowl, you put it into a wrap, mm-hmm. you pay, and then you've probably got, you know, some seating there. So so yeah. so how what's the what's the footprint size? Is it about a thousand square feet or a little bit bigger? Well, um, I would say on average is about 1,000 to 1,500 square feet. You know, a lot of the concept itself is uh, kind of a grab and go sort of takeout. But, um, but for the most part, we, we have sizes that range up to 25 to 3,000 square feet sometimes. But, um, but for the most part, we've seen ourselves very much in um, sort of a, either a metro area that uh, is a lot of walking traffic or even within more suburban areas suburb areas um, to be able to have an area where people can be able to go for lunch, dinner, weekend traffic as well. So you launched this thing, you and your co-founders launched this thing in 2015, which is only, you know, four short years ago, if that. Um, I think I read on your website that now you've got over over a hundred and some locations um, that are mm-hmm. sold mm-hmm. with your, I think you're approaching a hundred locations that are open across the US. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. That's really fast growth. Um, tell me a little bit about how you guys came up with the concept, who sort of inspired the concept, and then how you grew it. Yeah, absolutely. So t- four years seems like very quick. But for us, uh, we, we've been going at it day to day. So it definitely feels a long, long journey to this point. Um, but for us, uh, we, we started in 2015, uh, initially in the beginning part, to be able to develop out the concept. Um, it's kind of your classic uh, startup story being started in a garage, sanitary garage, <laughs> where we would, uh, we would basically test out the concept a little bit. We, we, um, you know, we all came actually from different sort of restaurant family uh, experience as well. Yeah. Where, where so, did you guys come from? Yeah, I figured because for you guys to launch this thing and have this fast growth, you had to mm-hmm. have a, a restaurant background. So what, what background did each of you bring? So, um, so for three of the founders, uh, actually uh, started more as they had a previous concept that they did roll out, uh, national, um, and they had over 20 plus locations. It was more of a sit down restaurant concept. Whereas the other founders um, actually came from other lines of businesses. Um, and and even though we came from other lines of businesses in that sense, uh, previously, you know, when we grew up, even for myself, we grew up in sort of restaurant families. So, you know, my parents uh, own uh, and started and own a couple of restaurants just coming into whenever they came into this country is a very classic immigrant story <laughs> type of, uh, of, of starting point. But, you know, for, for us, we kind of uh, been 
inside the restaurant space in some way, somehow. But uh, in this case here, uh, we actually, actually with the nine founders, really came together with a very diverse sort of background and as well as really fitting into all aspects that kind of needed to be able to build a business foundation uh, from from the start in, in the right way. So for, for us, um, you know, when we got together in that sense, uh, we really wanted to build a very sustainable business. Um, you know, getting into the first couple of locations, even though um, it's, it's definitely going to be more of a trial to see how things are getting, gaining traction, uh, we want to be able to then um, sort of scale up uh, in, in a good, sustainable way as well. So New York being our first location in the end of 2015 uh, became that starting point. Um, we opened basically right next to, uh, well, on 37th Street, but then right next to a Chick-fil-A, actually. It was the first Chick-fil-A that was That's in, a good um, spot to be. in New York or in Manhattan. And How'd you land that? I mean, that's prime. That's prime. I mean, that Chick-fil-A is going to get a lot <laughs> of foot traffic. How'd you guys land it right next to it? It was more so coincidental. I mean, partly was when we started, um, we noticed that it was it was a space that was allocated, but wasn't too entirely sure what was coming up. But then when they opened their doors, it was just a flood of people going into there. Uh, it, we we opened up in the sort of the middle of winter, which is very ironic ironic for a poke place to open in New York in the middle of winter. But uh, for because being such a summer tour. Type of food, but whenever um, we opened, Chick Fil A had already opened, and the line was enormous. It, it basically blanketed our uh, storefront. But it was kind of a blessing in disguise because people started noticing a little bit more as they're waiting in line. Uh, for us, we we were fairly new as a concept at that point. Um, and as people came in, it was definitely a lot of education going into it. But whenever we definitely started hitting the ground running in terms of, of spreading the word, we wanted to really push it through social media. So we really uh, pushed really hard to be able to say, hey, please Instagram your creation. And that, that was at a point in time when Instagram and food really started um, ramping up quite a bit in 2015. And and that's where we kind of took advantage of that. So people, whenever they uh, took a Pokeworks back to their office or even home, they started snapping pictures of it. People in office started peering over and say, hey, what is that? And then they started kind of spreading the word very organically. And just fast forward, uh, maybe, um, you know, two or three months, the line started building up to where there's like more of a 45 minute hour wait. But then whenever um, a news media organization, Insider Food, came and came in like ninjas, they basically came filming our poke burrito and then and ducked out. And um, our store manager, um, you know, told us that his name's Leland, but he he's told us, hey, this this uh, film crew came in, just filmed real quick, and we asked them who was it, and then he would say, yeah, it was uh, Insider Food, and we're like, wow, that's that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> but whenever that that video went on online onto, I believe Facebook, um, are you it serious? Just went from one million views, two millions. 10 million, 15 million. And at this point, I believe it's, it's upward, upwards of like 30 to 40 million views uh, across, uh, across the world. And that, that really then started to snowball towards not only people like knowing about Pokeworks locally in New York, but uh, to be honest, globally at that point. So that, that really is where we, we start seeing 
our line grow to two hours plus, but then um, that became more of a thing that we need to start saying, well, we don't want the experience to deprecate because of this. So we really spend a lot of time be able to optimize the op operation side of, of our line because of the concept that we have being, um, you know, so many ingredients that we're essentially allowing you to, to be able to pick from. Um, a, a lot of choices needs to be optimized in certain ways for, for the customer to still have the experience of poking away. So we really spend a lot of time to really optimize the throughput, but without sacrificing experience and the food quality. Well, I and love your, by the way, I love your website, the pokeworks.com. If you click on the menu, it's very, very yeah. well done. I mean, vibrant colors and it kind of mm -hmm. walks you through the different options, how you kind of pick your protein, pick everything else. It looks, I mean, it makes me want to go out and, and get one, which is, is obviously the objective. Um, were you guys thinking about franchising from the get-go or is this something that just kind of happened organically? It was pretty organic for us. Um, we, we had the mindset of that we need to really explore this in many different markets to be able to really get a good footing of how this could scale. So Quickly after we, we opened um, a, a North a Bay Area location, a Southern California location, which is today our more um, corporate store um, where we do our training for franchisee, uh, Seattle. Um, and then thus after, then became our first franchise location because when we started gaining traction with a lot of awareness of Pokeworks, we started getting interest from folks that wanted to kind of open Pokeworks for themselves. At that time, we didn't really <clears throat> have a notion of how we would do that, essentially. But we started um, kind of understanding that there there definitely needs to be more of a franchise system in place. And that's why early on, when we started seeing the early successes of the New York location, we started reinvesting towards that. So um, a lot of the things that we did early on is to be able to, um, you know, for, for any franchisees to be able to get the, the right type of um, uh, permitting and as well as the different the structure that's needed in order to properly um, set up our operations, marketing, and um, sort of corporate support. To, to be able to uh, help support another <clears throat> external partner to be able to open up a Pokeworks. And Boston became that first location. Thus, after quickly was a DC location as well. Um, and, and that became sort of our starting point to be able to see, well, you know, where, where then would be our focus? Would it be then to be able to help continue further this growth of franchising and that that became an early answer yes so for for us we we really continue to build out more of that piece to be able to build a good home for home base for where a lot of the support will be but also a lot of our training as well which is conducted in our irvine headquarter and store location so with nine co-founders how, how do you make that work <laughs> Um, that, that, that can be another hour or two hours in itself. But... In a nutshell, in a nutshell. I mean, how, first of all, how'd you come, how'd you come up with nine co-founders? I mean, it seems like, it's like, wow, you got to like really be going out there and, you know, you have, you know, two, three, four, I get, but nine co-founders, how, how does that work? Well, in the beginning, um, because we had the onset of needing to be able to 
open in such diverse location, there was a split out between co-founders that are more on the corporate side and those that are kind of managing the more field locations of where we're opening. Thus, then we, we actually consolidate everything to corporate, meaning that people that are out in the field has brought, been brought into corporate. But really, the, the key thing around um, having such a uh, diverse set of, um, of co-founders is to be able to really you know, at the very beginning, we, we kind of, the reason why we're able to move forward is really try to make sure that everyone first is on the right mindset, that everything that we're kind of coming to the table with is uh, to be best for the business itself. And really, a lot of us are experienced as entrepreneurs in that way, meaning that if you're going into building up a business, you really need to first off, check your pride at the table, or check your pride at the door and really kind of you know, any opinions, any sort of direction that we're putting forth is really best for the collective of, of the business itself. So I think that in itself really helped um, a lot of founders, you know, make sure that as we're kind of progressing each step, each lear new learning that we get along the way that we're continuing to adapt, to grow and to really build out something that really is more than just our individual self. <laughs> so, so since then, we really kind of, um, you know, we, we continue to stride in that way. You know, for us, there's also more backstory to the nine founders, meaning that some of us are brothers, some of our, our cousins, some of us are, are essentially, is a, it becomes more of a family affair almost. Where, uh, where are you from, Kevin? You said you were an immigrant. Where, where are you from? My, my parents, sorry. So my parents immigrated okay. to this country from Taiwan. Uh, I was born in okay. Texas myself, um, but I grew up mostly in Texas, but after college, everywhere else. So I would say like if you point to a city, probably like 50% or 60% chance, I, I might, 60%, 70% chance I might have lived there before. So. So, so now with the co-founders and so forth, I mean, how do you guys divvy up? Because as you, as you well know and have learned, um, I have to imagine, once you turn a business into a franchise, your role as an owner changes. I mean, you're you're now not just concerned with your, your corporate locations. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you guys have 10 or 11 at this point. Yep. You're concerned with the overall brand, building it out, where you're going to expand to, how you bring on the right franchisees, mm -hmm. how, you keep, how you keep things... Um, fresh, not only in the store, but in terms of operationally and software and the value that you're providing to the franchisees. I mean, you got to think about all these things. So how has the roles or have the roles uh, changed for the founders? And are there still, I mean, who who's really involved? I mean, are there just a few of you that are involved in the day-to-day -day at this point? Well, I would say majority are involved in the day-to-day -day just because um, as we scale up, it, it definitely requires definitely more of the focus and attention to be able to make sure um, there's proper coverage in place. And, and like you say, um, you know, in order to really get this going in the right direction, it needs to be able to say that, you know, for, for our CEO, Mike Wu, um, he, he definitely covers the vision of where the brand is going and as well as how it's being represented uh, with along every facet of the company, whether it be, the marketing side, the the new R and D side, the operations side, etc. So, you know, being that piece, each of us then from there as the co-founders will kind of be divvied up into very specific areas such as development, uh, operations, marketing, uh, supply chain, HR, etc. So it really it really kind of 
kind of trickles down from there. But from there, because we have our focus areas and someone like our CEO, Mike Wu, will be able to kind of keep things together. Um, we really believe that that's really worked well in how we can be able to continue to not only manage the growth, but also um, grow within each of those specific domain areas as well. What kind? I mean, with our with our remaining few minutes here, what, what what type of franchisees are you guys looking for? I mean, who who's the ideal type of franchisee? What kind of experience do they bring uh, to the table that you guys are looking for in terms of your growth? Honestly, it's it's really about very passionate, you know, entrepreneurial type of business owners that maybe have demonstrated uh, success in the past uh, building up businesses. Uh, for us, definitely the preference is if there are restaurant experience in the past, but it's not necessary. You know, for us, we we have our um, more 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 so our twelve day sort of two week training that we have that helps you get to what you need to to be able to open and successfully run a uh, PokeWorks restaurant. But you know, for us, we we usually look for you know very like minded um, type of business uh, startup uh, owners out there, and that that really kind of helps us as we grow too. Because for us, we we continue to improve upon our own processes and going to you know in today's standards we have over you know we actually have uh, almost 50 locations open <laughs> not 100 locations but we're, we're getting there uh, but we have uh, signed up about 140 plus locations uh, into the um, next two to three years perspective. So that's right. I got that. Yeah. On your website, it says you're, you're hoping to open, have, have a hundred open by the, by 2020 or the end of 2020, I think. Yeah. And that, that, that number is actually continuing to grow. And so right now we just opened um, about two months ago, our first Mexico location and they're starting to grow out the more Mexico area for us. We're definitely looking on to more international locations such as, well, we have a Vancouver location, but we just, signed on a new multi-unit franchisee in Canada as well. But for us, we also um, have strategically partnered up with uh, a, a company called Torido, which is a Japanese-based um, sort of fast casual holdings company. They have their own concept, which is Marugame Udon, which has over a thousand plus locations in Asia and US. But uh, they also have a portfolio of um, fast casual restaurants that we have been included into that we have been able to really align with in terms of thinking, but also what sort of uh, systems and best best practice structures that they've been able to kind of align us with as well. So, so did they did they buy out the whole business or are you guys still have ownership? No, we, we still have ownership. So we, we are still the original uh, uh, founders, but also the uh, we, we still own majority. So that, that in itself is uh, sort of a win-win in that sense because, you know, with a lot of franchisees that we have today, but also the brand itself is still a growing brand. And we want to be able to make sure that it kind of seeks out to what we wanted we, we envisioned it to be. So across, I mean, I know you said internationally, are, are you guys looking at, it sounds like you're looking at multi-unit developers, you know, people come in and open one, but then have the ability to open up multiple locations. I mean, is that, is that the preferred model or are you guys, are you still offering, you know, one-off owner operator locations? For the majority, it is multi-unit for most of our different area markets. Um, mm-hmm. Each of our franchisees are, having 
you know, about two to five or more in perspective in terms of their different markets. Um, but definitely there, there are a few that are franchisee single locations, but with the intention of opening more if, uh, if that's see fit. But those are the kind of things that we, we kind of would prefer in terms of multi-unit. But if any case that there are strong franchisees that are single, it really depends on the market itself. But we, we would usually want to prefer, uh, work with multi-unit as a, as a starting point if it's a new market. Well, if you want to learn more about uh, the Poke Works franchise, go to pokeworks.com. That's P-O-K-E-W-O-R-K-S.com. They've got a fantastic website, as I alluded to earlier, um, and, a, and a great section on, on the franchise opportunity. Thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, keep up the great work. It sounds like you guys are doing some, some, some really great things. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Josh. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed the podcast in general, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. It really helps to get this podcast out to more and more people. So the easy way to do it is go to iTunes and in the search box, put in Franchise Euphoria. You will then see my cover art and you click on my smiling face that says Franchise Euphoria and then click on the link that says ratings and reviews. It's that simple, but boy, oh boy, does it mean the world to me when people leave ratings and reviews. And like I said, it really helps get the show out there. Once again, would love it if you would go to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of the show. And until the next time, happy franchising.